Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Susan Lopresti Wellness, Mind, Body, and Soul, the podcast where we explore the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to a woman's life, her health, and all aspects of navigating the midlife landscape. I'm your host, Susan Lopresti, and today I'm super excited about this episode where we will be talking about the case against sugar. Sugar comes in many forms besides the white powder that we often associate it as. Some are claimed to be better than others, and some have names you wouldn't even recognize on the ingredient label. The whole subject of sugar in the health industry is very confusing. It's okay in moderation. Your body isn't designed to digest sugar. Sugar-free products are always healthy. Artificial sweeteners are worse. You need sugar for energy. Sugar is addictive. All of these common claims to do with sugar opposing one another, one thing is for certain. We are consuming more sugar in our diets than ever before. According to the United States Department of Agriculture, the average American consumes 150 to 170 pounds of refined sugar every year. Compare this to the four to six pounds yearly consumption of the early 1800s and even the high yearly 90-pound consumption of the 1900s. You probably think that can't be right. That's a lot of sugar. That figure is correct. 150 to 170 pounds a year. That translates to a quarter to a half of a pound or 30 to 60 teaspoons of sugar per day. It's hard to believe you're capable of that, but keep in mind, you are not just consuming sugar in your coffee and baked goods. It is hidden in the majority of the foods that you probably eat regularly. Sugar is added into foods that you wouldn't expect. Some include ketchup, barbecue sauces, tomato sauces, marinades, salad dressings, yogurts, breads, protein bars, peanut butter, soups, canned fruit, cereals, crackers, oatmeal, frozen dinners, and so many more. The list does not include the obvious culprits of soda and cookies, ice cream, but these are just some of the many surprising ways that sugar sneaks into our diet. One of the main reasons you may not recognize all the sugar that you have in your diet is because it's very rarely that it will say sugar on the ingredient list of the food that you buy. Instead, you may see glucose, fructose, corn syrup, high fructose corn syrup, corn sweetener, sucrose, sorbitol, soy gum syrup, agave nectar, carbitol, evaporated cane juice, galactose, inversol, rice malt, sorbitol, nectars. As I'm sure you would guess, there is even more than what I included on this list. 
A few tips in identifying sugars is looking for words with O-S-E or I-D-S ending and examining the entire ingredient list as often there is more than one type of sugar in a product. What is the big deal anyway, you may be saying? If sugar is already in all the food that we eat, then why should we care? It's not like everyone is sick, right? Well, the problem with excessive sugar consumption is that most health issues do not manifest immediately. And if they do, they are not usually recognized as being caused by our diet. Mental illness and behavioral problems are often attributed to other sources beyond diet. Allergies, arthritis, and migraines are explained by our environment, stress levels, and response to medications, immune disorders, degenerative diseases, diabetes, and cancer take time to diagnose. And most people aren't grabbing their food journals at this point to search for the connection. However, there is more research being conducted on the effects of sugar on human health by the day. Let me tell you, it's not looking too great for the sugar case. Let's talk about sugar 101. To best understand how sugar is dangerous, you must first know what it is made of. Before sugar leaves the digestive tract, it is composed of two simple sugars, glucose and fructose. Glucose is an important energy source and easy to obtain. If we are not consuming it in our diet, our bodies will produce it. It's as simple as that. However, fructose is different. Our bodies do not produce much of it. And quite frankly, there is no need for it to do so. In fact, there is no proven physiological need for fructose at all. Let's talk about the insulin spotlight. The relationship between sugar and insulin resistance has become a crucial topic of discussion. Insulin is one of the most important hormones in our body. It is responsible for directing glucose into cells to be used for energy. However, when our cells no longer respond to insulin, our body receives messages that it needs to produce more in response, the pancreas makes more insulin, but over time, the pancreas is unable to keep up with the demand and blood sugar is no longer able to be maintained. This is known as insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is thought to be a big contributor to many diseases, including but not limited to type 2 diabetes, obesity, metabolic syndrome, and cardiovascular disease. Even after these diseases develop, elevated blood sugar remains an ongoing problem. This excess is often the reason people with these illnesses experience complications like blindness and diabetes, for example. It's no secret that obesity is a serious epidemic. One of three children and two out of three adults are either overweight or obese in the United States. 
Sugar's role in gaining weight is much more serious than just adding in some empty calories. Instead, it affects the hormones responsible for feeling satisfied and the feelings of satisfying your hunger. Therefore, it leads you to eat more and more. I'm sure you can see the problem here. Knowing this alone strengthens the case that there is a 60% increased risk of obesity in children for every daily serving of sugar-sweetened beverages in their diet. It is important to note that weight gain from sugar is often present in the abdominal area. This visceral fat breeds a higher risk profile for many other diseases, some even life-threatening. Therefore, Sugar is a leading factor in the rise in obesity among other serious health complications. Fructose, one of the main components of sugar, is metabolized by the liver, but only in significant amounts at a time. This would be a problem if anyone minimized their sugar intake significantly and increased their daily physical activity. Typically, the fructose would be turned into glycogen and be stored in the liver for safekeeping until our bodies were ready to burn this energy reserve. However, if there is already an ample amount of glycogen in the liver, eating more sugar overloads it. The extra is forced to be turned into fat. This process is the beginning of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, among other complications. To take it even further, some studies have suggested that sugar can be just as damaging as alcohol is to the liver, even if you're at a healthy weight. Luckily, the liver can repair itself. But with continuous sugar consumption, it can never really catch a break. Keep your heart healthy. There have been many misconceptions on what causes cardiovascular disease, the role in cholesterol, and what foods help or harm heart health. Things have been cleared up. Saturated fat is not the culprit. Sugar is. You heard that right. Sugar consumption is the leading contributor to the number one killer of the world, which is heart disease. Studies have shown that consuming a large amount of fructose can cause a rise in bad cholesterol, which is the LDL, also blood glucose, insulin levels, and abdominal obesity. These findings were apparent in as little as 10 weeks. Please note, all of these factors are major risk concerns in developing heart disease. And I'm going to put some links with some additional information so that you could do a little bit more research on your own about this topic. Sugar versus immunity. Your immune system is responsible for defending your body against illness. That's a big deal. So for your immune system to be compromised, you are putting yourself in danger of pathogens that can make you very sick. According to a study through Loma Linda University, 100 grams of sugar can make your white blood cells 40% less effective in killing germs. 
On top of already putting your body in a stressed and an irritated state, sugar directly affects your main line of defense against disease. The most alarming part about this is that sugar's crippling effect stay present in your system for up to five hours after you eat it, which is a really long time. Here's your caution, cancer. It's hard to believe that something that is so prevalent in our everyday diet can cause cancer. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's true. Cancer is uncontrolled growth and the multiplication of cells. It is also one of the leading causes of death worldwide. How is sugar related, you ask? Insulin. Insulin is one of the main hormones responsible for regulating the growth of these cells. It has been concluded that having constantly elevated insulin levels can indeed contribute to cancer. Do you remember what I said about insulin and sugar? Consuming sugar raises insulin levels. Now, there is a considerable amount of evidence how this contributes to cancer, the cancer risk, and progression. And I'm going to put some links in the notes that you could follow up with. Let's talk about brain power. Sugar also affects our brain quite significantly. Studies have shown that sugar slows down the brain's function, hinders new learning, and decreases memory recall. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a great reason in and of itself to quit sugar. There are also strong connections between high sugar intake and the prevalence of depression and anxiety. What do you think of when you think of a sugar crash? Is it irritability? Is it a decreased mood, brain fog, fatigue? Now imagine that not going away, right? Foods rich in sugar disrupt our brain's neurotransmitters that work to stabilize our moods. However, if we are continually disrupting the function of these receptors, we no longer have the inherited control over our moods as we usually do. According to Dr. Karazinin, a functional medicine expert and author, it is a huge contribution to chronic depression. I'm going to put a video on how sugar affects your brain so that you can learn more. So make sure that you go back to the notes and review the notes and check out all of these powerful links that I am including in this presentation. Are you addicted? Sometimes we use the word addiction lightly. Saying that you are addicted to your favorite food, for example, isn't necessarily encompassing the real meaning of the word. According to the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM, Addiction is a primary chronic disease of brain reward, motivation, memory, and related circuitry. Dysfunction in these circuits leads to characteristic biological, psychological, social, and spiritual manifestations. 
Addiction is a primary chronic disease of brain reward, motivation, memory, and related circuitry. Dysfunction in these circuits leads to characteristic biological, psychological, social, and spiritual manifestations. This is reflected in an individual pathologically pursuing reward and or relief by substance use and other behaviors. Addiction is characterized by an inability to consistently abstain, impairment in behavioral control, craving, diminished recognition of significant problems with one's behavior and interpersonal relationships as well and also a dysfunctional emotional response. Like other chronic diseases, addiction often involves cycles of relapse and remission. Without treatment or engagement in recovery activities, addiction is progressive and can result in disability or premature death. I know that this is a pretty long definition, but it is important to really know what we're talking about when we say that sugar is addicting. Let's talk about dopamine for a moment. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter responsible for controlling the reward and pleasure responses of the brain. When you eat a lot of sugar, a massive amount of dopamine is released in the brain. As you continue to consume sugar, the dopamine receptors become less powerful, making the response less effective. More sugar is needed to create the same euphoric dopamine reaction. This continues into a vicious cycle, much like what happens with drug addictions. A popular study proved the addictive qualities in sugar with rats and Oreos. The pleasure regions of previously drug-addicted rat brains were significantly more active when exposed to Oreo cookies compared to cocaine. A popular study proved the addictive qualities in sugar with rats and Oreos. I'm going to put uh, some additional links in the notes that you could read about the correlation between sugar addictions and the addiction to cocaine being very, very similar. While sugar is very obviously a negative contribution to our health and lives, not all sugars are created equally. Some are much worse for us than others, of course, vice versa. Up next, I will be going through some sugars that should definitely be avoided as much as possible, as well as some recommended alternatives. Do you currently use any sugar alternatives? If possible, avoid these products. Aspartame. This chemical sweetener is best known for its appearance in diet sodas. Some people can tolerate it well in short term, while others report migraines and digestive distress. Regardless of the initial reaction, aspartame has been proved pretty dangerous in isolated situations. For example, the University of Liverpool conducted a study where aspartame was mixed with a common food coloring. The result was clear toxicity to brain cells. Additionally, researchers found that when aspartame breaks down, it creates formaldehyde, 
a well-known carcinogen. Yeeks, what else do you need to know? Sucralose, commonly known as the brand name Splenda, is processed using chlorine. Researchers are also finding that the waste of those consuming this sugar can't be broken down in the wastewater treatment centers. Imagine what it means for the insides of our body. Let's talk about high fructose corn syrup. This one may be a little bit more challenging to avoid. HFCS is in almost everything. This sweetener plays a huge role in fat buildup in the liver, leptin resistance, and major weight gain. A study even found that high fructose corn syrup is sometimes laced with mercury. Mercury is a heavy metal that's linked to heart disease and developmental disorders like autism. Don't worry, though, I will be suggesting some safer alternatives, so stick around. Let's try these instead. Stevia sweetener is an extract that's made from leaves of the stevia plant. It has been shown to help balance fasting blood sugar levels, cholesterol, insulin resistance, and blood pressure. However, it is important to pay attention to the sources of stevia. Some brands include additives, so be sure to always check the label. Another great one is coconut sugar. Coconut sugar is a natural sweetener. It's unrefined and still contains all of its vitamins and minerals. It does not contribute to strong fluctuations in blood sugar like other refined added sugars. Raw honey. Honey has less fructose and provides other health benefits, including promoting heart health and fighting inflammation. As always, too much of a good thing can be bad. So please keep in mind that these alternatives do still break down to glucose and fructose in your body and all sweeteners should be used infrequently. Taking action. Although it is ideal, it is not practical to plan to cut out sugar entirely. As I mentioned before, it is hiding in nearly everything. So Finding healthier alternatives, practicing moderation, and being aware of the dangers is the best way to take action against this case against sugar. I know that I shared a ton of information with you today, and it may be a bit overwhelming, and that's okay. Changing your eating habits and taking control of your health requires a lot of effort, but it is incredibly rewarding. You will experience a higher quality of life, maintain a healthy weight, have more natural energy, and can prevent serious illness. There is so much value in kicking sugar to the curb and becoming the healthiest version of you. If you feel that you need more support or assistance in this or any other areas of health and wellness, please don't hesitate to call upon me. You could go to my website, www.susanlopresti.com. From there, you can schedule a free 30-minute health assessment with me. You can email me at susan at susanlopresti.com if you have any questions at all. Please be sure to follow me here 
so that when more great content is posted, you'll be sure to know and you could catch it right away. I just want to thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me today. I love sharing this topic with people who are eager to transform their health and get healthier overall. Until the next time, be well, stay happy, and bye for now. Take good care, everyone. <music>